Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. It's a new month and a new theme. This week we're discussing good bad guys, unpacking why we find violent assholes so hot <laughs> on screen that is, and what that says about our favorite structures, heterosexuality and patriarchy. Also, this is our 200th RD episode and in true RD style, we have two amazing people from our team, graphic designer Denise and video editor writer Neha, who will dish out their hottest takes on this ultra controversial topic. So to start off with, let's ask everybody, which fictional character comes to your mind when we say bad guy? This is Shushti, your host, by the way. Hi guys, this is Neha and uh, I think the first fictional character that comes to mind is Scar from Lion King because even visually he's just marvelous, so yeah. Oh wow, I was I was not <laughs> expecting that to be the first <laughs> Scar from Lion King, oh oh god, okay. Hi everyone, this is Denise. Um, one bad guy and the worst kind of bad guy to pop in my head, I think, would be Kabir Singh kind of template. And, mm. like, he's just so... I haven't even watched the watched the entire film, but I know, like, from what I've watched, it's so, so repulsive that I couldn't even get through 20 minutes. Hi, this is Rohita. Um, it began from a very young age with Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter... Uh, I think, I believe this was a phase that a lot of people had. And then I graduated to um, Damon Targaryen in House of the Dragon. It's like that, it's like that Tumblr thing that you see, like, somewhere along the way, we grew up from Malfoy to Targaryen. Oh my God, it's so weird, Ruhita, because that was the exact joke that was coming to my mind. So this has happened, I think, after 200 episodes, the jokes, you start become humorously telepathic so clearly we have a wide range from Scar to Draco Malfoy to Kabir Singh uh, so I mean in all of this let's discuss how do you define a bad guy like what is the definition what is the line between a bad guy and a villain I was surprised to find that there are a lot of serious feminists who have weighed in on this and defined who the bad guy is there's a book called Demon Lover, The Sexuality of Terrorism by feminist Robin Morgan. And they say the bad guy is desperate and therefore vulnerable, at risk and therefore brave, wholly given over to an idea. His intensity reeks of glamour. Women, we are told, lust to have him. Men, we are told, long to be him. He is sexy because he's deadly. He excites with the thrill of fear. He has been celebrated and evoked for centuries. So, I mean, clearly it's an age-old tradition to thirst after people like this. Meanwhile, montage of Scar goes on in Neha's head <laughs> as, as these words are being said. Um, also, thanks, Rohita, for calling all of us unserious feminists. I think you've pretty much defined, defined us for eternity. I think we can own it by now because the 200th episode of RD, we're talking about thirst for bad guys, which I'm okay with. I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine it's, with it. It's who we are. <laughs> um, but I think this is a pretty pretty good definition, except I can't stop thinking about Scar. But the human counterparts of the bad guy, I feel like it, um, it applies to pretty well. I 
honestly i feel like sexiness slash the charm is a big part of the appeal mm. of a bad guy okay it's pretty much the difference between like for instance okay nobody will find mogambo yeah hot right like you're not lusting after amrish puri but you will find um john ibrahim's character from pathan hot back when i was in school and i think i read this on tumblr twitter i really don't remember but uh, there was a quote about how uh, the good guy for the good guy if you are his love interest his morals will always come first so for the hero uh, he will always place his principles above you or above everything else that's why he's the hero yeah. but at the same time uh, the bad guy if he loves you you are his everything so he's willing to you know you come first so i think that uh, idea of one i can change him sort of a thing uh, i think this want to be just i guess someone's first priority it's a lot easier and it's a lot more seen in the bad guys again because you know they place their obsession first and if you are their obsession then you are their everything right so i'm guessing it's that but you know to actually break this down further in a lot of detail let's actually talk about some of our favorite bad guys on screen um and let's start with Damon Targaryen from House of the Dragon who clearly both Rohit and I have been very fascinated by and if you've been listening to this podcast and following us through the past 100 or so episodes you'll know that this has come up a few times for us um so let's talk about Damon Targaryen right so House of the Dragon is the prequel to game of thrones and a really really popular hbo series that came out last year and damon targaryen is one of those central characters right he needs no introduction he killed his first wife he groomed his niece and he is randomly violent without thinking with everyone around so he is a bad guy's bad guy okay that's that's who he is and yet got fans around the world especially women fell in love with him like he was at that time the king of online discourse so let's this, let's break this down a little bit okay and let's start off by asking everybody a very important question damon is hot agree or disagree what do you think about the statement i'm sorry guys like no what no uh, i i think he's hot like i'm going i'm being super superficial here and uh, I fully see the Draco energy. <laughs> fully, it's not even. I think if they were side by side, I wouldn't even be able to tell them apart. That kind. For listeners, Denise is right now going through Google images. <laughs> um, Damon Targaryen and like looking at him in in Matt Smith in his getup, Damon getup. <laughs> yeah, and also he's giving he's giving Prince Charming from Shrek. Yeah, yeah. There was a meme like that also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a meme about that also? He he does give Prince Charming from Shrek. What what do you think, Rohita? I think I already know your opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, I think. But clearly, it's not because Neha doesn't think. You'd you'd wear his blood around your while given a chance. I guess you could say so, but I wouldn't put it in those words. Okay so now see two of us have seen the show which is Rohit and me and two of us Neha and Denise are weighing in purely as like outsiders who were there on the internet when this show was going on and right now are looking at pictures and stuff mm-hmm. so let's ask a second question which is or rather statement which you have to agree or disagree with you didn't mind the romance with his niece for context 
he romances his niece and that's a huge kind of plot line in the show which intertwines with her coming of age um how the political landscape shifts in the show and uh, what makes them a really powerful alliance okay hmm. but yes there's a there's a uncle niece romance uh let's let's ask the people who haven't watched the show what do you think about this you can also you can also refer to other incestuous shows that you might have seen and you know like tap into that universe of uh, content hmm. is this uh, relationship acceptable for its time and or does it have like uh, does it have strong uh, also i'm assuming this niece is way, is above 18 right no oh. when when they fall in love she's not <laughs> i don't know uh, yeah first i was trying to make a case for this draco looking boy man <laughs> uh but uh, yeah it's a no for me it's a no for me i i almost feel like part of the appeal is because is because it's so uh forbidden and messed up but again we wouldn't be saying this if if he if he didn't look the way he did and he didn't have like that renegade swaggy prince energy you know like if that wasn't the case then it would have been like a crime against humanity but i guess that says a lot more about us when we're watching these and um interpreting stuff for our own convenience <laughs> when it comes to our people i feel the um i mean in this case def- the like fully the looks play such a big role and yeah. i i don't think it's just a like pop culture thing right like even um when you're like approached by somebody on the street or like in a bar or uh at a grocery store kind of situation it it like so much of who you see as a creep or a bad guy versus who you see as somebody who's charming yeah. depends on these factors exactly right and so much of it is how we perceive that is so is so biased and but it did make me wonder you know when when we were actually sitting and thinking about this episode about what is it that makes it okay because in real life none of us would ever condone this like his behavior would be grooming right where he's he's mm-hmm. introducing his uh, like he introduces his niece to sex for the first time for instance um and uh, he murders his first wife in a fit like in the most awful possible way in real life you would never condone this so where does the appeal come from when it's a fictional character is it that it's that the whole world is violent and he just happens to be the most charismatic of them all and still follows some kind of a philosophy or is it i mean some kind of an ethical philosophy or is there more more to it at play in terms of king can like what we fetishize and what we look for sexually and how that is kind of fulfilled through especially the fantasy genre of storytelling and bad guys there i think a lot of it has to also do with just our subconscious right because fictionally we can uh, because they're not real people and who are not causing harm to other real people we can afford to be attracted to them i'm not saying that we would be attracted to real people like that were awful 
but at the same time there is a part of everybody that likes the mysterious that you know there are some dark things that most people are attracted to fictionally it's 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 an it's sort of like a hall pass because you can be attracted to them regardless because there is no you know uh, fall back and no one's actually getting hurt a question actually i'd like to ask everyone here is uh, since you all talked about damon i was thinking about what a more bollywood equivalent of that would be mm. what did y'all think of uh, ranveer's khilji character from padmavat because he also has that renegade prince swagger yeah so and i mean he is that way i guess a very proper indian uh, counterpart yeah in another life i would be the malika for bathing him <laughs> those are my thoughts on khilji like i feel see in the universe of the movie because of the way it was designed there's no way you would fall for him yeah. because there's also no scope like they don't even go there i mean given how much shit they were given for this version of yeah. padmavati only if they even went anywhere there also it would have been terrible yeah. so they didn't ever go there and it's interesting you know how in that treatment because it shows how the moment you change the treatment it changes so yeah. much because there you sympathize much more with mehrunissa who's his first wife because the folk that character is humanized so much and the focus is so much on her and how she feels and that you see him as a villain you, he's not a bad guy who's hot but if you look at bintidil or visuals from the film you'll find him very attractive but in the film not at all i don't feel that way chishti i feel like actually there is a very fine line between like a khilji and a daemon Targaryen because also because this Khilji character was like playing up the sort of sexual energy in order to make him look like uh like I don't know fit into a trope of like the the bad muslim like the predatory muslim sort of villain um so that that I think is what separates the two and makes him look a little like as in when you actually watch the movie and you have this in mind then it then it becomes a little like problematic and distorted but but that aside i feel like they did um i don't know he was meant to seem like so like his sexual appetite is so is so much that um he's he he becomes like a threat i mean you wouldn't believe in the story if you didn't also believe in his like that energy so i don't know i feel like i feel like it may have done a similar thing had it not been for like all the controversy around the movie like i'm sure we would have included him in this list also while talking about <laughs> um bad guys but that just has a lot more baggage i think You know what's interesting over there is also that um in House of the Dragon in the last episode I believe of of the series Damon actually like chokes um his niece slash wife uh, Renera and uh, that's a moment when everybody who's been shipping them and things they get like like I was like oh my god but uh, you know the the makers themselves are like yeah he's a bad guy <laughs> and we're shocked that everybody is like calling him zaddy and you know like <laughs> rooting for this romance because they're like it's messed up you're not supposed to yeah. root for them but the way in which fan culture develops it's kind of like out of your hand now i think especially with the tiktokification of everything 
so i'm also wondering that uh, how do we make sense of that contrast between how creators create a certain character and how fans perceive that character and the kind of legacy that that character ends up ha- having right is it a trend we should be worried about about these bad guys being seen as like you know really attractive icons i think it it depends it really depends on like how real this character is yeah. because remember when um, jeffrey dahmer like the episodes came out that that was that was huge and that was so um it was so sensationalized and it not just the episodes right when the news had come out uh, when he was actually caught and the court trials and those things were happening he he did get a lot of like handwritten letters from very young girls very young uh, um say, talking about like how how they how they love him how they uh, want to want to be with him you know these kind of things and um what the show did was kind of like reinforce that and replicate that to a, to an extent by se- sensationalizing it to the question that you that you spoke about denise you know i realized that like now when i'm older and i'm watching a character like damon and like there are all these fantasies attached to him you're very aware of what you're doing but one example came to mind which was chuck bass from gossip girl and um when we rewatched that i rewatched that recently a couple of years back and i didn't even realize that the first episode has a rape scene which is never shown as a rape scene where this guy is a rapist but he's framed as a cool guy and we all used to watch like a lot of us like young teenagers used to watch the show and we used to be crazy about chuck and pairing chuck and blair and without even realizing what we're watching you know so looking back at that i feel like if you're younger and you're consuming some of these things it can play into your psyche in a strange way because you do normalize a lot of things which are not okay and which you only question later on you know i don't think it's just pop culture that's responsible right like yeah. this is just mainly a reflection of what actually happens in in our like personal lives and how many of us have grown up seeing fathers uncles brothers be uh, bad guys in situations but still romanticized and um and loved for the people uh, by the people around them yeah. and how much of that acceptance actually gets um translated into the kind of uh, media that we make today yeah i don't know because uh, back when the actual things were happening like jeffrey dahmer and ted bundy and all of these serial killers some ramirez guy also i forget but when when they were caught um i mean there wasn't any pop culture that existed about them before that obviously and the and the kind of response that they received from so many women happened like very organically and to the extent that it was surprising and something that people studied psychologically and everyone was wondering where this phenomenon was coming from how how is there this sudden outpouring of desire for these particular men and um when they appeared in court um people would be waiting in line like waiting outside the courtroom with with flowers and 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 cheering for them and they would even like these people would even receive things like um underwear in the mail from a lot of women and then it's like 
like that just happened completely on its own like there was no media preceding that to like maybe influence people so i feel like um i don't know it it almost feels like there's a very fine line also between people in real life and fiction because simply because the people in real life who acquire that kind of a status just seem so far away that they might as well be fictional like you you are never ever going to actually get to talk or be in some kind of a dynamic with ted bundy i mean i'm sure like i'm sure nobody who was doing any of the stuff they were doing at the time thought that it was just like some kind of a projection yeah so you mean i mean in real life you mean to say people who are like more public personalities like be be that by virtue of crime or their achievements or you know being in the entertainment industry what is interesting there though and i do wonder is if that moment of the bad guy is gone because even though it comes up with like okay shows now and then uh, and these characters i do feel like off screen when on when on like we're not into the bad guys anymore you know what i mean because i don't know any celebrity like we're in that era of wife guys you know and people who like stand the women that they're with and the steady family man kind of image like mm. in the 90s sanjay dot and salman khan were still considered cool and could recover from the things that they recovered from which is crazy today if a star does that you can't imagine them recovering from something like that you know like a suraj pancholi of course is not at a similar level of stardom but he'll forever be clouded by the jia khan case and his involvement in that you know and uh, yeah and even with ranbir kapoor who is yeah. on the playboy spectrum of bad boy so barely bad boy kind of thing but because he's apparently broken the hearts of really famous actors who people love and seems to ask his wife to put wipe her li- lipstick off or whatever which i think is just so much of public conjecture and things we don't know anything about but mm-hmm. there's no tolerance for that you know because you're you're root for the people who are not like that like you're not into that kind of thing anymore with celebrity in that sense no i don't know i don't think i yeah on the one hand yes but i think if we talk about for example the johnny depp and amber heard trial um the just the magnitude of support that Johnny Depp received simply for being Johnny Depp and being known and loved as a charismatic bad boy that very much played into the like public support for him especially from from women and there was a lot of uh talk and discourse about like from women who said that they themselves are survivors of domestic violence but here's why they believe Johnny Depp and it was like it was like almost like this mass um i don't know what to call it but everybody just rallied around him specifically for his bad boy image it feels like because there's no other explanation for what happened um there were so many tiktoks and reels where his sort of re- responses and reactions to what amber heard was saying in court were like captured and juxtaposed with some kind of um background like real song whatever and in a way that's meant to be like whoa this guy is so cool whoa like this guy is so awesome like and i don't know it feels like we're in this weird place where it's like pol- pol- polar extremes where you can either endorse the bad guy that much or you completely renounce and then there's no like i think what's different now is that the gray areas are, are sort of no longer 
there as much um previously like there would be people who would desire bad guys while knowing that while knowing what's wrong with it and what's wrong with them but now that that sort of seems to have disappeared i think but rohita i think i'm going to respectfully disagree on that because the side of the internet at least the reels that i saw or what i saw i think the arguments were also that because uh, people were defending him because they felt like due to his bad boy image he was getting worse treatment so it was it wasn't a oh he's so cool it was a like people immediately view him as a bad guy but here we think he's a victim or we think he's a victim that's you know uh that amber heard is taking advantage of his image and of the characters that he plays and he's not actually like that so it's you know i felt like it was maybe more of that angle uh another thing actually uh that uh, i don't know if i just think that it's interesting how because we still as a society i think like bad guys but we're more aware of just how it's not okay right so i think fictionally i'm interested to now see how shows tackle that like because it's still bringing in the viewers if bad guys are done well people will still watch it evidently enough correct uh, so i think that's going to be interesting to see how you know you keep the whole the glamour of it and the swag of it while also you know make him not too bad and also keeping it politically correct and i think that's going to be interesting to see i no example comes to mind but if you know i think that is a good challenge for future writers to figure out this this thing though about how it's no longer okay like we don't think it's okay anymore to like bad guys because of where we moved in the discourse i think actually that seems to be the problem because it's kind of like feminist discourse has has like uh turned the critical gaze inward where we're questioning every single desire and thought and feeling and opinion through the lens of is this good or bad and it's like a very black and white thing but our like desire doesn't work like that it often occupies this gray area where you don't know where it comes from and you don't necessarily feel it's right but it's there um but like we we've just like in speaking about it for so many years um suppressed that for so long that now it was kind of like almost done a little more harm i think than good where where if you like if you feel attracted to a bad guy you have to kind of renounce your feminist credentials if you are not attracted to a bad guy then then you're a certified a plus feminist and good for you so it's 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 weird like um no wonder we're all so confused right now about this demon thing because <laughs> because like it's a it's it's a fictional character who did some terrible things but they're portrayed in a certain way and it elicits desire in some people and i really think that that's fine yeah i mean i think it's interesting that the question to ask is not if it's good or bad but like where is it coming from i think in a previous episode we spoke about that right like not why are we making these choices but where are the choices coming from it's interesting that in some contexts and going back to what you said right at the beginning um neha about uh, where the desire for the bad guy comes from it can also be subversive like for instance in the case of indian tv mr bajaj is the most iconic bad guy who uh actually the first really like in a big way bad guy who's considered hot with his 
salt and pepper hair and his unethical way of even getting married to Prerna the heroine and everything um but he became like a huge sensation and people started women started rooting for rooting for him and then you had heroes like Arnav Singh Rai Zada in his Pyar Ko Kya Naam Do and Shivai in Ishq Baaz who are like out and out like bad guys but what makes them so appealing is that they're bad to the world but they love the heroines you know um and i think that comes from a place of like when you're watching these shows and who they're targeted at like families have so much control still over like what a man does how he treats you in a romantic relationship everything that there is a huge appeal to somebody who isn't bound by those norms and traditions and instead is guided by selfishness and a selfish love for you um i think the truth is that a lot of a lot of women find that attractive in today's india and that also tells us a lot about our social structures right where a guy like that can be hot no but act yeah but you know that brings us to somebody like what we started with kabir singh or arjun reddy or whatever um and this is also a person who according to the plot really like loves this woman so much and is so obsessed with her that he would do anything and like she is basically the only thing he loves and he hates the rest of the world and he loves her so much that he even feels like he's entitled to to slap her and the director Sandeep Reddy Wanga said that this is the kind of stuff that happens in love sometimes and i just wonder like why and i'm not saying that we shouldn't have a problem with that of course we should and we do and i'm sure like we've all also written about it and spoken about it at the time I'm just wondering like thinking out loud like what is the difference between that and the other examples we were talking about here like how is it that we all felt repel- repulsed by this but not like some of the other things it's something that I still don't know why or how because Shahid Kapoor is not as hot as Ronit Roy <laughs> okay that's that's that it all comes down to that Though the four of us here weren't uh, attracted to him, a lot of women were still. I think a lot of women did like uh, both Kabir Singh and Arjun Reddy. And I think it also comes from what I call the Bob the Builder syndrome, which is just, Bob the Builder, I can fix him, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I think everybody, uh, regardless of gender, sexuality, even just... uh, romantic intent has a bit of that you know all of us want you know this one person that we love and for us to have enough good influence on them that you know they're a better person so that's i think just a more intense version of that and of course we didn't like kabir singh again i think because shahid kapoor isn't that attractive but also because he was a little too extreme for us and at least in my mind it was because he was hurting the woman that he loved I feel like bad guys that I am okay with, uh, you know, liking are also bad guys that, uh, like Shristi said, are evil to the rest of the world, but they don't hurt the their partner. They're like so in love with them that they don't want to. And, you know, they're willing to hurt anyone else that hurts her. So stuff yeah. like that also. Frankly, thanks for ruining Bob the Builder and Scar. Okay, <laughs> basically, he's not going to let us revisit any of our childhood. But I think, you know, a big fact for me is how empowered is the woman who's engaging with the bad guy. And in Kabir Singh, Preeti is a very demure character who has 
like little to no agency or power or so there's no place to imagine yourself in that position which you usually fantasize through whereas in a lot of the other cases like damon since we've somehow made him the poster child for the episode Renera is really powerful you know and not obviously not when their niece and uh, uncle at the beginning but when they get married and in their equation you know it's going to be an equal power play and you know that they're both carefully playing out their moves you know i i think again like so much of our perception of who the bad guy is is so rooted in our perception uh, in caste and class right constantly throughout and it it makes sense that a film like kabir singh which is made for quote unquote the masses and uh, something for that is uh, so widely understood and in uh, in the this case even like relatable for us to who are kind of like fit, fits in this niche category who think we are better than the rest of uh, the, the rest of Mm-hmm. India for us to be like oh no this is not a this is this is a very unattractive it's very but we deliciously consume um shows like succession or like uh a- any kind of quote unquote white collared bad guys right the more white collar they are and the more high class they are the more the sexier they become those are some interesting questions which come up when we think about uh, unpacking why we love bad boys and if we have to end this conversation of course this is just the starting of this month's theme and we've picked up a lot of threads which we'll unravel most importantly neha's rendition of bob the builder um but if we had to end the conversation uh, how would you respond to the question of desiring bad boys is it okay to desire bad boys and where do you stand on that I think it's okay as long as you're uh, questioning where the desire is coming from. Yes, same. I think it's okay to desire really anyone as long as, you know, it's not harming anyone else and yourself. Like as long as fictional bad boys I think are okay. Real life bad <laughs> yeah. boys maybe please don't, you know. There's a psychologist Robin McKay who said if a girl's inner life is unexpressed, she may be drawn to a bad boy as a way of by carelessly expressing her own inner rebel so i would say it's neither i wouldn't say it's like either okay or not okay i would just say it's understandable that that's the note we end the episode on good bad guys that's the theme for this month and that's 200 episodes of rd see you on the epi- uh, see you on the other side next friday with episode 201 and many more bad guys Bye. 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 This podcast is brought to you by TS Studios. The production company that brings the Swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films.